A young woman went to her mother and told her about her life and how things were getting so hard for her. She didn't know what she was going to do and how she was going to make it. She wanted to give up. She was tired of fighting and struggling. It seemed that as one problem was solved, a new one arose. Her mother took her to the kitchen. She filled three pots with water and placed each on a high fire. Soon the pots came to a boil. In the first, she placed carrots. In the second, she placed eggs. In the last, she placed ground coffee beans. She let them sit and boil without saying a word. In about 20 minutes, she turned off the burners. She fished the carrots out and placed them into a bowl. She pulled the eggs out and placed them in a bowl. Then she ladled the coffee out and placed it in a bowl. Turning to her daughter, she asked, Tell me, what do you see? <laughs> carrots, eggs, and coffee, the young woman replied. The mother brought her closer and asked her to feel the carrots. She did and noticed they were soft. Then she asked her to take an egg and break it. After pulling off the shell, she observed the hard-boiled egg. Finally, she asked her to sip the coffee. The daughter smiled as she tasted its rich aroma. The daughter then asked, What does it mean, mother? Her mother explained that each of these objects had faced the same adversity, boiling water, but each reacted differently. The carrot went in strong, hard, and unrelenting. However, being subjected to the boiling water, it softened and became weak. The egg had been fragile, its thin outer shell protecting its liquid interior, but after sitting through the boiling water, its insides became hardened. The ground coffee beans were unique, however. After they were in the boiling water, they had changed the water. Which are you? The mother asked her daughter. When adversity knocks on your door, how do you respond? Are you a carrot, an egg, or a coffee bean? Think of this. Which am I? Am I the carrot that seems strong, but with pain and adversity, do I wilt and become soft and lose my strength? Am I the egg that starts with a malleable heart, but changes with the heat? Did I have a fluid spirit, but after a death, a breakup, or a financial hardship, does my shell look the same? But on the inside I am bitter and tough with a stiff spirit and a hardened heart? Or am I like the coffee bean? The bean actually changes the hot water, the very circumstance that brings the pain. When the water gets hot, it releases fragrance and flavor. If you are like the bean, when things are at their worst, you get better and you change the situation around you. When the hours are the darkest and trials are their greatest, do you elevate to another level? How do you handle adversity? Are you a carrot, an egg, or a coffee bean? This is Natural and Wild with Christine Grayson. I'm a storyteller and a lover of nature and all her lessons. Today I want you to feel like it's possible for you to get everything you want and need after this episode. We don't generally want to share our ideas or experiences with each other until we've built the skill set 
up so well that we come across as an expert or somebody who's perfected that experience. But what if we threw the perfection idea out the window and went ahead and shared our loves and our experiences while we were getting used to them for the first time, before we're perfect, while we're still awkward and making mistakes, embarrassment of possible failure, the insecurity behind publicly trying out something new without really knowing what you're doing yet. It can hold back so much of what people are actually interested in and really want to see. Did you know that everybody out there almost, whether you're selling something, trying out a new experiment or idea, or just having fun with something that you've never done before, just about everybody out there around you want to watch the process, your journey. We all want experiences, not just final outcomes, not always even expert opinions. While I'm always interested in a good expert opinion, I have to be in the mood to go hunt that down. Usually, though, and more often, I'm interested in the experience a person's having, and I kind of want to live out that experiment through and with that person. We all appreciate a good documented journey. I landed on this property in the middle of Wild Wilkesboro. That's what I call it. It's so far removed from what's going on in modern society to me. I have neighbors here who don't know how to use the internet and who don't even have a connection. I had to pay for a satellite connection because I live just beyond where the cable companies run their lines. And if nobody else around here but me wants internet service, I either have to pay thousands of dollars to make it worth their time to extend their services out here, or I have to find another way. People out here own so much property that you can't see everybody's front yard from the road. Anyway, when I landed here and decided this is where I was going to light, I pitched a tent, built a fire, and learned to navigate pure wilderness. And that meant learning to live all over again. It meant I didn't know what I was doing. I was learning as I went, day by day. I built a brand new life from the ground up, literally from the ground up. I was digging down into the root systems and poison ivy and building a platform to set my tent on so I'd have somewhere to put my one little hard fold-up chair instead of having to sit on odd-shaped rocks all the time. And while I had no idea what was going to happen every day or how that was going to look or how to do what I needed to do, I continued to stay connected through my mobile phone and post as much as I could on social media as I went. As I had my experiences and as I learned new things, there was really no no super goal, no tangible thing that I was trying to do or reach. I didn't know what I was doing I didn't know how this was going to change my life. And you know what? That's what people wanted to see. It changed me. I was one person when I got here. I'm an entirely new person today. I was awkward. I still am. I get up every morning determined to keep documenting and sharing and learning as I go. And I have these serious insecurities when I wake up every day. But I've changed in the way that I handle and deal with those insecurities. I've learned how to make those insecurities work for me and not against me. An insecurity is just a wake-up call to action. I might get out of bed and the first 
thought running through my head is, I'm getting boring. Oh, God. I'm the same person. I look the same way. I'm running through the same morning routine again. Everybody's heard it a million times. I hike to the spring to haul my water to the house. I figure out how to mend a broken fence. Or I pull up some moldy linoleum. Who the hell cares? Who's interested in that? And that insecurity becomes a call to action for me to step up what I'm doing and do it better. Suddenly, instead of questioning myself, it's, I'm going to make getting water interesting this morning. How do I do that? And then I start dreaming up all sorts of crazy little things to do near the water. And since human beings have thoughts that lead into thoughts that lead into more thoughts, I end up with a brand new idea of something cool to try, something new to share that day. I start getting excited about it and realizing, hey, I could do this new thing. And suddenly my head's full of dreams and ideas and hauling water in the morning transforms into building a bridge. And all sorts of epiphanies and experiences come popping off of that. I develop this relationship with the water, the bridge, the weather. And suddenly this water hauling thing has turned me into a carpenter and a meteorologist. And that has even more parallels, more philosophical comparisons. And I start to engage in deeper thinking. And suddenly, I've had another crazy spiritual experience. And it's massive. And insecurity just became a building block for my soul's progression. And it shot me forward. It's exciting. Insecurity is exciting. I spent so much time out here studying these non-human creatures I live in close contact with. They all get up on schedule every morning or every night, leaving their dens, carefully looking around them, making their way out into the open like it's the first time they've ever done it. They don't go into a sleepy, haphazard mode of existence, sluggishly going through the motions without any kind of thought or awareness. They move out into their new day or their new night with a brand new childlike curiosity and keen alertness. They know everything is new every morning, and they don't go out into the wild lazy or groggy about it. I've been learning to try and do that, not to expect or count on things, to just move out into the morning with attention and curiosity and learn as I go. Move with the flow. Animals are not born with instinctive fundamental skills. They screw up too. Those skills have to be learned, and they're usually taught by their parents. Baby eagles don't know how to fly. They're guided into it. At about 8 or 10 weeks, when the baby's feathers have started to grow in, the parent will hover over the nest and eyeball their young flapping their wings like you might tread water just to stay in one place and float. They hover so the babies can watch and see what they're supposed to do. And when they start to mimic this wing movement, they start to rise up and out of the nest, little by little, until they know how to stay up enough to fly. And only at that point do the parents nudge them out of the nest to try actually flying. Most animals develop movement and physical skills so they can stay alive right and they don't have much time to learn the wilderness is wild we don't generally see animals being awkward or clumsy because by the time we get to see that wild creature it's already developed its skills it's already an expert 
and that animal keeps on learning and developing faster and better hunting skills, physical abilities, and it just keeps getting better and better. They never stop. They keep progressing forward. They're very competitive. Animals do spend a lot of time resting, playing, and socializing because they've become so good at what they're doing to survive that they know how and when to access downtime and take a break. They just don't get lazy. If you're a lazy wild animal, you're not getting any dinner. Lions, very social animals, take a lot of downtime in the middle of the day when it's hot. They lay around and soak up the sun, but when it's time to hunt, they run the show. Lions are interesting. They rest and conserve their energy from 15 to 20 hours a day, just laid back, hanging out, socializing with each other, laying in trees if they're not too big, casually patrolling the territory. They like to avoid conflict and would rather drive off strangers with warnings instead of fighting. They generally don't like to fight unless they think that there's an immediate threat. But when it's time to go hunting... (laughs) Now, these are felines. Felines need a lot of protein. Their digestive systems are not made for too much fiber. They're built to bring down animals that are twice their weight, so they need all that energy that they've conserved all day long for that strenuous hunt that they've got to do. And they have to learn those hunting skills. They have to practice. It's not easy to catch wild game, especially if it's bigger than you are. Lion cubs will be hanging around their mothers and they watch their mothers start to stalk prey. They watch as she moves in and creeps up on her prey. They watch as she takes off like a bolt of lightning and starts the chase. And she won't always catch what she's after. But she doesn't quit. She keeps on until she kills something, even if it takes days. Lions leave their comfort zones and they put everything they've got into getting what they want and what they need. And we, as men and women, shine and do our best when we're forced out of our comfort zones and relentlessly keep going after something that we need or want. The bear, the one I had that encounter with when I first came home and started living in the woods, big 600-pound looking bear. I don't think I told that story in these podcasts yet. I told it in the magazine I wrote this year. But just to summarize, I was living in a tent right smack in the middle of the wildest part of our property. No humans had touched it in decades. And there was this bear that was coming down off the higher ground to visit the creek. And we've got the best part of the spring creek running through our property side. So everything is attracted to it. And I'd gotten used to living in Brooklyn and I was out of practice with living in the woods. So I'm sleeping in this summer tent Not a winter tent, a summer, cheaply made, thin tent. All by myself, every night, before I had a dog, just me. And when my torches would go out, and I'd turn my music on my phone off to go to sleep, stop making noise, this giant bear would come and investigate me. I'd hear him shuffling right outside that thin nylon that kept absolutely nothing out except mosquitoes. And he was getting braver. A bear that big is capable of taking one claw and just going through that nylon with one quick movement. I wouldn't even have time to run. 
and I can't run anyway. I'm disabled. And so here I am alone with this big bear getting closer and closer to me every night. He, he started growling this really low, bassy growl when he would come near the, the walls of the tent because he wanted to know what this weird thing was out in the middle of the woods, which smelled like a human. He's able to hear my breathing on the other side of that nylon. I can't turn over or move without making noise that you can hear outside that tent. Everything sounds amplified to me because I'm scared out of my mind. And I was forced out of my comfort zone and into action. What was I going to do? This is what made me instinctively smart, and I developed a skill set that I had never even heard of. There was this voice inside me that told me this bear was smelling the chemical signals that I was sending out right through the porous skin of that tent, through the mesh areas that were right out there in the open and into the night. And they were chemical signals of fear, so much fear. I can't describe how scared I was. I was immobile. And through this fear, this voice in my head said to me, Calm it down now, immediately. You have to. And there was no choice. So out of pure necessity, I learned how to suddenly stop breathing very much, to slow it way down. My breath started coming from the deepest part of my diaphragm, which made them longer and deeper breaths, not so shallow and quick anymore. And I was holding my breath for much longer, breathing slower, I'd slowed it down so much that my heart rate actually went down, and I left my head. I was hypnotizing myself into another headspace where everything slowed down, and I didn't feel like I was so close to this bear anymore. But in another kind of alternate space, an alternate headspace, it changed my chemical signals and the bear started heading away from my camp and left me alone. And this worked several times until I knew, hey, this is becoming consistent. I just developed a survival skill that I didn't know I had. We shine when we're in a crisis. We have that capability. We can be incredibly resourceful. And the more we do things like this move out of our comfort zones, and develop more of an ability to protect ourselves or get ourselves out of sketchy situations, the more confidence we develop until we start to lose that former insecurity and all those social anxieties that immobilize us and hold us back. Now, most of the time, people aren't contending with a bear in the middle of the woods. <laughs> We're all usually contending with each other's judgments and opinions. That start to affect how we see ourselves. We contend with other people's expectations or their predictions of us, which can start to tear down our self-confidence until we're telling ourselves we're not expert enough. We're not perfect enough to share what we're learning or share that experience. We're suddenly not good enough or we have too much social anxiety to take risks or to present new ideas, or to try new experiments and be transparent with them in front of other people. We give that up. We've been told no too many times. One of the best things I've done for myself since I've been out here was to make sure that I did something very physically taxing first thing in the morning, every day. In my case, it was hauling water from the spring to my house. 
Hauling water is not easy. Water's heavy, and I'm carrying about four gallons at a time, two in each hand, up a hill, and it's a good trek from where I'm staying. I do this every morning, just so I can wash my face, have fresh water for coffee, brush my teeth, get cleaned up, and I really like fresh spring water, (laughs) the best water I've ever had in my life. So why have I made this so hard on myself in the morning? Why do I do it? Because doing this taxing physical thing every day shocks my mental state into waking up, being aware immediately. It trains my body to move more efficiently, makes me quicker on my toes. It keeps my heart in shape. I've noticed that since I've been doing this, I've not had any more weird heart palpitations, which I, which I used to have. I'm not out of breath anymore when I'm walking stairs. My head feels clean. My thoughts feel clean. And this is so important. Physical exertion really changes state of mind. The energy that you're generating, the momentum, it boosts mental motivation. Of course, it makes you physically stronger too, but the thing that I like about it most is that it starts to erase the tendency to stay depressed or to stay pessimistic. The physical exertion has a mirrored strengthening effect on the psyche. And when I wake up, I want to be taken out and away from those abstract, fluid thoughts that are always jumbled up and sleepy and don't have any organization. They're just floating around in there. I want them to be taken to a new, higher place where I can get meticulous and think out and transform those thoughts into real action. By the time I'm drinking that coffee and I'm washed and cleaned up, I'm feeling good. It has completely, at this point in time, because I've been doing it for so long now, eliminated depression and anxiety buildup. And that's what it is. You build it up. You sit on it. And then it gets harder to cut those dark thoughts out or off when you need to. The outdoors, raw nature, physical activity, this has an amazing healing effect. The way the air feels on your skin, the water and its feel and its sound, touching the grass and the mossy wet rocks and these natural tangible things produces a healthy good feeling in your brain and in your body. So I've actually preferred to keep living this way because it's feeding me good things. Hauling water is keeping me sharp, strong, getting out of comfort zones, staying active, moving forward in both body and spirit. It turns us into superheroes. It makes us shine. We're not meant to spiritually fester in one little shallow pool of thought that never moves, never makes a wave. That's a dark place. I'm going to leave you with one powerful sentence that I heard recently from a mentor. Forget the world told you no too many times. Forget it. Just let it go. This has been Natural and Wild with Christine Grayson. I want to thank some special people who support this podcast every month, my writings, and keep inspiring me to create more and more. Bruce Presson, Chris Nolan, Sheila McGregor, Robin Umber, Yvonne Ragland, Arnold Bloom, and William Bishop. Thank you from my deepest heart space, and thank you to those who have kept the virtual tip jar alive this week. 
I'm really excited about those of you who have joined me over at my Patreon page. I am so eager to give you guys even more information and videos. Better stuff, way better stuff. I've started this thing now called Reviving the Phoenix. It sounds kind of goofy, but it's exactly that. It's the way that I've come out and gotten past these things like anxiety and cowardly notions and physical ailments. It kind of outlines ways to knock out obstacles and all adversities that I've encountered. There's tricks and there's tools to it. And my first video on that is up this week for Patreons only. And the dialogue I'm getting in there, the bouncing of ideas back and forth is fantastic. So thank you to those men and women. That's patreon.com slash Christine Grayson. And thank you to every single person here taking the time to listen to this. I really want you to stay strong and healthy and spread out those vibes. Have a safe, good weekend, and I hope you'll come back next week for another episode of Natural and Wild.